Welcome to the teaching ministry of Steve Franklin. Steve's calling is to coach champions in the kingdom of God. Our prayer for you as you listen to this word of encouragement and instruction is that you'll be built up in your faith and encouraged to take the next step in your development as one of God's true champions. Here's Steve. Get your Bible now or get your uh, pad or whatever you uh, have to look at the scriptures. We're going to continue where we left off last week on hearing the voice of God. Hearing the voice of God. You know, we want to find out how the Lord is speaking to us. And what I am finding is sometimes the Holy Spirit has been speaking and I haven't been listening because I didn't know the way his voice speaks. But as we look into the Holy Word of God, we find that there are many ways that the Holy Spirit speaks. And so many times he speaks in ways that are not our regular communicative uh, avenues ourselves. And so we need to find out from the Word, the record of how the Holy Spirit speaks to us, because there's so many things that we really need to hear from God about. You say, well, Pastor, I don't know. And I've actually heard people say, well, I'm not going to pray about something as trivial as that. God's got too much lesson very hairs of your head are numbered. He knows every sparrow that falls across the universe. He is intimately involved in your life and would love to be even more so if we would just understand that the word of God means it when it says pray about everything. What a wonderful opportunity that we have to do that. And I thank all of you uh, for joining us here. I want to thank Pastor Wayne and Jay Vick for making this electronic convening uh, possible for us. Thank you for their expertise. And now let's pray over the word now and get into it. I'll give you a brief review and then we'll go into some new ground about how to practically hear what the Spirit's saying. Father, in Jesus' name, we ask you that for the life and power that's in and on your word will be released uh, up and through and out of your servant today. We'll give you all the glory and honor and praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. So last week, we talked about how God speaks, and we talked about, we got into First uh, uh, Corinthians chapter 2, and we saw how the Word says that God wants to reveal the deep things of God, things that eye has not seen nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man, all that God has prepared for those who love him. But he has revealed them to us through the Spirit. I don't know about you, but if God's got some deep things uh, for, for me, for Dina and I, that we don't know about yet, and he's going to reveal them through the Spirit, I want to hear about it, don't you? So we want to discover what that is. We, we also laid the groundwork. When Jesus said the Holy Spirit was going to come, uh, he said that he would, chapter 16 of John, I'm reading in verse 13, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all the truth. Now, understand there that he said he will guide you into all the truth. He didn't say he'd sit down and dictate it to you. <clears throat> to teach and to guide, and, and the word says he is a teacher in another passage there, the Holy Spirit will teach you. This word says he will guide you. You know what that means? That this has to do with the development of a relationship, a guide. He will not just map everything out for you. It's a journey. And we've got to learn to listen to his voice. But now notice this. When he, the spirit of, uh, of truth, has come, he will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak in his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. Understand that the Holy Spirit is not without a voice. He speaks. He will speak, and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me. That is, the Holy Spirit will always bring glory to Jesus, not himself. You want to know what the Holy Spirit's like? Don't be afraid of him. He's just like Jesus. He will tell you things to come. There are certain Amounts of information that you need to know that only the Holy Spirit knows and only the Holy Spirit is willing to tell you. Our problem is not that we don't have a speaking God. Our problem is usually that we're not listening to that voice or understanding 
that the voice of the Lord speaks to us in different ways other than just a direct uh, verbal uh, message. So we said last time, you will not really hear the voice of God. And we talked about the hindrances, the static that is in our minds. Our minds receive information from the Holy Spirit. They see remind, uh, information from our physical brain, uh, our, our the seeing and hearing and, and our emotions and, and even the world system. Our minds can also be spoken to uh, by the enemy, the voice of fear, so many things. So it's important that we understand that our mind processes what is true and what's not true. And it's the voice of the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth, that is always the truth. And we need to learn to listen to that voice. So we talked about those hindrances, but we also talked about how to focus in on hearing the voice of God. And let me reiterate that for you. To really begin to listen and to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. Look, it's not an event. It's a journey because it comes out of a relationship, not a meeting. Can I tell you that again? Developing, to learn to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit is not a meeting. It's not going to this event or that. It's a journey because it involves a relationship. So the, the beginning is Revelation 3.20. And I told you last time we were all brought up, many of us were told that Revelation 3.20 was an evangelistic passage. Behold, Jesus said, I stand at the door and knock. I told you last week, if you read the context, this is a message to the church, to believers. Behold, I stand at the door and knock, and if you'll just open the door, I'll come in and have intimate fellowship with you. So to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit clearly, we need to begin to say, Holy Spirit, I'm ready, willing, and able. I want to hear the voice of Jesus today. I invite you to speak to me, to tell me anything you want me to know. I want to have ears to hear eyes to see, open my blind eyes, open my deaf ears, and help me to be able to hear more clearly what you're saying. That should be a daily invitation. Lord, speak to me, Holy Spirit. So it's the invitation. He speaks more clearly in the atmosphere of praise and worship. Do you understand that when you get into thanksgiving and praise, it creates an internal atmosphere in your inner man where you're more able to hear the voice of the Spirit of God. Psalm 100 says it like this, enter into his gates with what? Thanksgiving, thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Praise and thanksgiving change the inner atmosphere so that we can more clearly hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. So we invite him to come in. We invite him. Uh, he's already there if we're believers, but we invite his voice to be heard more clearly. And uh, in thanksgiving and praise, we begin to clear some of the cobwebs, the, the clouds that would stop us from seeing and hearing his voice. But look, look in our venture with the Holy Spirit, learning to, to hear and, and know him more intimately in in the early stages, because we were not taught in the things of the Holy Spirit, we had some fear and trepidation about having an intimate walk with the Holy Spirit. And one day as I was seeking some intimacy with the Lord and, and some of the manifestations that flow out of that, the Holy Spirit, of course, knew some of my fears about that. In Luke 11, 11 to 13, uh, and, and just write that down, Luke 11, 11 to 13, Jesus said it like this, if, you're, if your child were to ask you for a fish, would you give them a serpent? If they were to ask you for a piece of bread, would you offer a stone? How much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Don't be afraid of the Spirit of God. You have a loving God who wants you to experience what the Holy Spirit is willing and able to grant to you. So don't be, don't be fearful. How do we hear in a practical day-to-day -day journey, especially in this world of confusion, 
How do we hear the voice of God? First and foremost, through the word of God. Can I tell you something? The Holy Spirit's never going to tell you something that is contradictory to the word of God. And I know there are people out there with some crazy things they say God has told them, you know, God told me to leave my husband and my family and go to Bible school. No, he didn't. He told you you're in a holy covenant. He told you that you're to forsake all others and cling to your spouse. <clears throat> the Holy Spirit will never tell you something that contradicts the written word of God. That ought to make great sense to us because 2 Timothy 3.16 says, all scripture is inspired. God breathed by the spirit of God. All scripture is inspired by God. The Holy Spirit was the agent of recording the word and preserving the word. He would never say something against what he inspired. That'd be contradictory. The written word, Jesus said, the word that I speak to you is spirit and life. I love this one in 2 Peter 1.20. Peter said, no scripture came from man but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. It was the Holy Spirit that spoke the word and oversaw the word and kept the word. And what we need to do when we come to our Bible, the written word of God, the logos, we should say, Holy Spirit, you inspired this word. Now, would you illumine my mind and heart? Would you show me what you're saying through the word of God? Lead me to where I need to be and what I need to see. Lead me where I need to be and what I need to see and give me your understanding of this word that you wrote and preserved. So first and foremost, the Holy Spirit speaks through the living logos, the written word of God. But that's not all. It's not just the written word of God, the logos. We have the rhema, the laleo, and that is the spoken word of God. There are things in the written word of God that are specific to your journey that you're not going to find. You'll find principles, but you won't find specifics about what you should do today. But the Holy Spirit knows all about you. And his voice is something that we have access to and should hear about. So let's see now, how does that work? Remember what we said last time? That when you're reborn, when by faith, you invite Jesus Christ to be your Lord. When you believe and receive the gift of, of salvation, the Holy Spirit comes to live in your spirit. Your, the Bible calls it your heart. It is that spiritual part of you where the Holy Spirit resides. See, you were created in the image and likeness of God, and you have the capacity to know him in intimacy, and, the, and that part of you that contains the life of God is your spirit, your heart. It is your receiver, if you will. It is the basis of how you communicate with a living God, and we need to make sure our receiver's on. Dean and I had some, as you know, we moved down here to Talaga County on body of water, and we had vicious lightning on Wednesday night and uh, knocked some receivers off in our house. <laughs> Guess what? Things do not work when the receiver's uh, broken. Well, it's the same way in our own journey with the Lord. When our spirit man, when we're not in a receptive pattern of listening to the voice of God and his word, something gets broken and guess what? Static comes. There's confusion, there's anger, there's, there's uh, fear because our receiver's not working right. So we need to get back into that place of invitation to the Holy Spirit to speak, praise and worship to clear up that, uh, that atmosphere, confession of our sin so that the decks are clear so we can hear clearly the word of God. So that spoken word is usually, you say, Pastor, what does that sound like? Usually, uh, uh, it is an internal word. Very rarely does the Holy Spirit speak a, an audible 
word to your physical ears. Now he may do that through another agent, through a person, through a sermon, through a song, through any different kind of ways. He's unlimited. But usually, as far as your own hearing the voice of God, it's an internal word. It is a, a message that you just begin to hear. Well, what does that look like? Sometimes uh, you actually get images in your inner man. You can see something in your inner man that you can't see in your outer man. You see a, a picture, an image of something that God is trying to tell you that he wants to do. And it may look nothing like what you see with your physical eyes. Your physical eyes are mighty, mighty, miraculous inventions of God. But your spiritual eyes are in your spirit. And the Holy Spirit, only the Holy Spirit can give you clarity of what he's wanting to do. And sometimes you begin to see an image on the inside of something you do not see on the outside. So get curious about that and say, Holy Spirit, is this of you? Are you trying to tell me something? Are you trying to give me a plan? Are you giving me an image on the inside of something I need to pursue? If you're asking God about something specific, ask him to begin to give you an inner internal image and an impression. Sometimes you just feel strongly in your inner man about something and you can't explain why. You don't have a logical explanation for it. You just know that you know in your inner man that that's something that you need to pursue. So, you know, don't be afraid to communicate with the Holy Spirit like you would communicate with somebody else. Ask simple questions. Holy Spirit, Lord of my life, am I supposed to purchase this? Am I supposed to move here? Am I supposed to add this person? Am I supposed to have, what do you want me to do? Ask simple questions. Me being the simple-minded man that I am, many times I ask the Holy Spirit questions that have yes and no answers. So I'd never try to talk to God like that. That's insulting. Listen, we only insult the Holy Spirit when we don't listen and seek him, not when we ask him things. That's a blessing. When we fail to communicate is what begins to make distance in our relationship. So asking the Lord is legitimate. Ask but don't be afraid to listen for a response. Sometimes that response is right away. Sometimes uh, it takes a while. You say, well, pastor, what if I ask the Lord a specific question and I hear yes, and then the next time I ask him to confirm it, I hear no. Well, all that means is you don't know yet. Because the voice of the Holy Spirit is a consistent voice about the same issue, he's not gonna tell you yes and five minutes later tell you no. He has a consistent voice. So what that means is keep asking, keep listening. Uh, but don't fail to ask. That's where the failure is, is when we begin to stop asking the Lord very practical questions. And you say, well, what if I ask the Lord a question and I don't get a response? Just be patient and wait. He hasn't spoken yet. And there's a reason for that. If you just assume that whatever it is that you want or think is what the Spirit is saying, you can make a mistake. Believe me, I've been there and done that. I, I think I've got the T-shirt on that one. Ask the Lord simple, direct questions. Listen for a response. Sometimes there are some people who have uh, dreams and visions. That is, the Holy Spirit speaks to them while they're actually, actually in a subconscious state in their own dreams. And, and sometimes it's very vivid and very real to some people. 
in my own journey, I have not had a whole lot of experience with that. So I'm, I can't tell you much, but I do know there are some very sound and solid believers uh, to whom God speaks in dreams and visions. And if you want to investigate that further, Acts 10 verses 11 to 17 are a great thing to study. And later on, Dina will make sure that the outline is on uh, our website for you if you care to use that. <clears throat> but learn to however, if I do have a dream or if I do see something, what is a vision? A vision is when the Holy Spirit takes you into a realm beyond this terrestrial body where he opens your eyes to see something that is in a realm that is not in normal daily physical life. You, you become privy to information that you don't have on the earth. Uh, my own experience with that is very rare. But you see, God doesn't work in a one-size-fits-all. So I recommend that you do what I do. I say, Lord, if you want to speak to me in a dream or a vision, I'm open. Here I am. It's up to you. In practical life, I'm about to tell you the ways that he, the Holy Spirit primarily speaks, other than direct word impression in our inner man when we ask a direct question, a yes or a no, or what do you think of this, or some kind of direction. Here's some ways, and I want you to get your Bible now, that we can find out what the Spirit is saying. All right, Acts 15. Go to Acts 15, please. Sometimes the Holy Spirit speaks to you just through clear, peaceful direction. You just have a clarity about a decision you need to make, and it's just a clear, inner, peaceful direction. It is a knowing that surpasses your physical brain and your spiritual mind. It's just something deep inside of you that you just know. And there's peace about it. Acts 15, I love this passage. It talks about how Paul and other leaders in the Antioch church were trying to hear the voice of God. And it says there in verse 22, the apostles, elders, and the brethren, that is leaders and followers, were gathered together and... <clears throat> This was in Antioch, Syria, and Cilicia. And I want you to look at verse 25. It seemed good to, to us. It seemed good to us. Being assembled with one accord, all right? We were in peace, we were in agreement, and it seemed good to us. Now, this doesn't say the Holy Spirit spoke directly and said, thou shalt do this. There was nothing on a screen where the Holy Spirit sat down and had a frank, very clear direction. This is an interesting passage to me. Paul, uh, the word of God here, Luke wrote the book of Acts, as you know, it seemed good to us being assembled with one accord to send chosen men to you along with our beloved Barnabas and Paul. Then again in verse 28, he says, but it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. You got a decision to make about your business. You have decisions to make about your health or well-being or responsibilities or anything else. Sometimes the Holy Spirit is going to speak to you because you just have a settled peace that it seemed good. What does that mean? It means the Holy Spirit did not disturb their peace about the plan they were making. When you are making a plan and there's no disturbing of your peace or no check in your spirit, no little twinge of restraint, sometimes when you've been praying about direction, you ought to assume that if the Holy Spirit is not giving you 
a prohibition, you ought to take the next right step. Just go on and take the next step. It seemed good to us and to the Holy Spirit. Understand this, that if you're inviting the Holy Spirit to be the Lord over everything you're thinking, but you have a peace and it seems, now look, if you're married, you're in a covenant. Don't make big decisions without the input of your spouse. You say, well, you know, the Holy Spirit told me to do that and I'm going to do it. I don't care what she thinks. That's not a good plan. Three said, amen. That's not a good plan. If you're in a covenant with somebody, you need to uh, come to that. It seemed good to us. Notice what he said. It seemed good to us. We'll get back to that passage in just a minute. Okay. Now go one chapter over to chapter 16. Sometimes the Holy Spirit speaks to you practically by just an inner peaceful, clear direction. It seemed good. A knowing. Sometimes the Holy Spirit speaks to you by a, it's just restraint. There's just something on the inside of you that are holding the reins back from going ahead with the decision you were thinking about making. There's just something that is a restraint. Well, let's see how that worked out here in Acts 16. This is about Paul's journeys. Verse 8. When they, Paul and his compatriots, when they had gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia, watch this, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. Oh my goodness. What's wrong with preaching the word? You know, sometimes we assume, well, if what I'm doing is righteous, I ought to just go ahead and assume it's God's will. Sometimes what is God's righteous plan is not God's perfect time. Sometimes things that are righteous in their essence are out of order in their timing. You can do the right thing at the wrong time and still make a mess. Can anybody say amen? So, what does this mean? They were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. So they were planning to go on and do what they do. But the Holy Spirit forbade them. How did the Holy Spirit say, not, not, not now? He eventually got to the, the work there in Asia, of course. But why did the Holy Spirit say, don't want you to do that? It was for right now. It was a restraining voice. Perhaps he used circumstances that lined up that closed the door. Sometimes God closes the door through circumstances. Now watch this, verse seven. So they said, okay, we won't do that plan. In verse seven, they came to Mysia. I love this passage. They tried to go to Bithynia, but the spirit did not permit them. How many of you are like Dean and me? Sometimes you try to do something and the spirit just won't, he won't permit it. It's not that you're trying to do something that is negative or detrimental, but they're just, the Lord just shuts that door. I mean, he just won't permit it. That doesn't mean that is a forever lack of permission, but it means for right now. So here you have these high powered apostles who heard the word of God, who were trusted servants. And here's two things they tried to do. But the spirit wouldn't permit it. For whatever reason, he restrained it from happening. Listen, folks, when you're trying to hear the voice of God, always say, Lord, you hold, you hold the cards. And if I am about to take a step that seems right to me, if it is inferior in your plan or in your time, just block it. That's not a bad prayer. That's a, not my will, but yours be done. I'm your servant. All right, now let's see what happens next. So, verse 8, passing by Mysia, they came down to Troas. 
And look what happens next. A vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. And after he had seen the vision, watch this, we immediately sought to go to Macedonia. Sometimes you get three no's and sometimes it's because God's got a higher plan for you than the plan you thought was the right thing. Sometimes the Lord will put a roadblock on something that seems like the way to go because he has a higher assignment for you. And when, when they were willing to wait and hear what God said in, when they were being restrained, then clarity came. In this case, through that vision and that, that, um, that command, and they obeyed, and guess what happened? They went to a place called Philippi. They saw great and mighty miracles. They established the Philippian church. They could have been off doing something good, but it wouldn't have been God's best. So when the Lord begins to restrain something, stop and say, okay, what are you saying? I'm willing to do whatever you want to. Many times it's because he wants to do something that in his plan is higher and better for you. Amen. Thank you, Lord. So sometimes the spirit speaks through that inner peace. Sometimes he speaks through restraint to get you going in the right direction. And sometimes he speaks to you through counsel and covering. Look, there are people who say, I don't need any counseling. I don't need, and thank God for Dr. Romeo Penn there. I see him there with uh, he and Danielle. Part of what the word of God, the father sees Jesus says he's a mighty counselor. That's a good word. So sometimes we need to seek counsel and we definitely need to seek covering. Pastor Jeremiah and I spoke and taught on covering a, a few weeks ago. I encourage you, if you hadn't heard that, to go back and listen to that, that we recorded uh, two or three weeks ago on the power and the protection of covering. I can tell you this, our spiritual covering has protected us. When I have sought our bishop, our pastor, our covering before, I have gotten not only great counsel, but I've gotten protection from doing something prematurely that was good and right, but it wasn't the right time. Can anybody say amen? All of us have the right to listen to anybody the Lord desires to have a voice in our life. And I know during this time of pandemic that there are people listening to all kinds of voices. Good for you. You're mature. You listen to whoever you want to. But understand that God has assigned somebody or somebody's with an office of shepherd. And you can listen uh, to teachers. You can listen to counselors. You can listen to prophets. You can listen to Somewhere, God has designed a shepherd there for you, or at least one. And it's a good idea when you have something big going on to seek that, that covering because the word shepherd in the New Testament is poimenos. It, is, it has the idea of looking over sheep. It is that God has assigned some who have the ability in the spirit, not the natural. We can't read your mind. But in the spirit, God has given some the responsibility to oversee those he's called to be under that man or woman to, to, as a shepherd. And we all have a shepherd somewhere. Millions of people have preachers but that's not always pastor. You understand what I'm saying here? Give ears to hear to who needs to hear that, Lord. Now let's look at something here. Uh, in Acts 12, flip back there to Acts 12. Found an interesting thing here. And this was in, in the operation of the early church. Peter had been imprisoned. 
And uh, he had something very difficult awaiting him, possibly even uh, death. <clears throat> and in verse 17, he shows up at the door of a group of people who are praying for his deliverance. And God had miraculously heard that prayer um, and had sent a group of men to, with a message, and that message was, my gospel is not just for the Jews, it's for the Gentiles. Thank God. And I've sent some people to hear your voice to expand the church. Verse 17, motioning to them, Peter, to this group of people who were having prayer there, to keep silent, he declared to them how the Lord had brought him out of prison. And he said, go tell these things to James and the brethren. Now, what does that mean? Go tell these things to James and the brethren. Okay, now go to the right here, and let's go over to chapter 21. Acts, still in Acts. Chapter 21. And we're going to look here. At verse 18, this is not just the apostle Peter. This is the apostle Paul and what's going on with him. Verse 18, on the following day, Paul went in with us to who? James. He had gone to Jerusalem. Remember, Paul had been operating out of the church of Antioch, but now he had gone up to Jerusalem to meet with the big guns. <laughs> where most of the other apostles still operated from. Paul went in with us to who? To James and to the elders who were present. What did the apostle Peter say? I want you to make sure you tell James what's going on. What did Paul say? It's not enough for Barnabas and I to just operate out here in uh, the Roman Empire. We got to go up and see James. Not just the other apostles. We got to go see James. Who was James? James, this James, was the half brother of Jesus who had become a mighty and powerful believer because of the resurrection. And this James was the pastor of the church at Jerusalem. So get this. All these high-powered prophets, elders, even apostles went back and made sure that they ran things by James. He's their covering. He's the shepherd of the church. So sometimes God speaks to us by our counsel and covering. And these messages have gotten out by the hundreds all over the place. Let me tell you something. Ask the Holy Spirit to tell you where your safe place is. Ask the Holy Spirit to show you where there is at least a shepherd. And be willing when you need counsel and covering to reach out. Sometimes, uh, and I know some of you are meeting in house churches across this. We, we've been listening to in 50 countries last year. Some of you are listening. You, listen, ask the Lord to show you where it is that he has appointed a shepherd in your midst. That shepherd may not be somebody who operates full-time in a Christian vocation, but has the gift and the calling of shepherding. You find where that is because there's sometimes the Holy Spirit speaks to you through that counseling and that covering. It's just the way he's chosen to do it. Okay, now let's go on. We're in, we're in chapter 21. Let's look back at verse four because sometimes the Spirit of God speaks through others, other people, not just your counseling covering, but listen. If God can speak through a donkey like he did uh, on an occasion in the Old Testament, he can sure speak through a person. Amen. Chapter 21, verse 4. Th this is an interesting passage here. And finding disciples, 
we, that is Luke and his compatriots of Paul, we stayed in a certain place in uh, Tyre. And after seven days, they, the believers, told Paul through the Spirit, don't go up to Jerusalem. We told Paul, don't do that. Through the Spirit. Now look down in verse 10. So we stayed there many days, and after that, a certain prophet named Agabus came down from Judea. When he had come to us, he took Paul's belt. Get this scene. This guy asked for Paul's belt. And he bound his own hands, tied up his hands and his feet. Now, that's a graphic uh, illustration, isn't it? And he said, thus says the Holy Spirit, so shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man who owns this belt and deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. Oh, my goodness. How would you like to get a prophecy like that? Now you got two things. You got a group of believers who said, don't go to Jerusalem. Now you've got a prophet who says, don't do that. You're going you're gonna, to you're gonna get bound up. Now look, this is interesting. Verse 12. Now when we heard these things, both we, this is Luke writing this and his compatriots, we and those from that place, the body of believers that had gathered there entire, we pleaded with him not to go up to Jerusalem. And Paul said, what do you mean by weeping and breaking my heart? For I'm ready not only to be bound, but also to die at Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. So when he would not be persuaded we ceased saying, well, the will of the Lord be done. Now that is some kind of passage right there. Sometimes we can hear a word through another person and they are actually telling the truth because the Holy Spirit is saying, this is what's going to happen. But sometimes we can get emotionally involved and say, Oh, I don't want that to be your assignment. We don't want that to happen to you. Uh, so you say, well, pastor, what happened? Who was, who was right? Who's listening? The truth is they both were. The group of believers told the truth. Agabus, the prophet, told the truth. This is going to happen. Others begged Paul not to do because they didn't want that to happen to him. But Paul said, I'm ready. Why? Paul knew he had an assignment. He knew it was not going to be pleasant. But how many of you know it was at Jerusalem? Yes, where he was imprisoned. Yes, where he was turned over to the Romans. But yes, it was also where he spent two stints of imprisonment in Rome and wrote 13 books of the New Testament. Wow. Here's what I'm trying to tell you. Be careful when somebody says, I got a word from God for you. Always listen unless the spirit tells you right then, I don't want to hear it. Sometimes God sends you a word through others, through, through words, and it's a beautiful, wonderful thing. It helps. But sometimes well-meaning people can say, I believe the Lord's telling me to tell you this. Always judge it by the two or three things. Always judge a word from somebody else by. Uh, what does the voice of the Holy Spirit in me say? I've had people tell me, uh, I believe the Lord's trying to tell, uh, I believe the Lord wants me to tell you this, that this is what a word from God is for you. You know, I always listen. And sometimes it's been wonderful. And sometimes the voice of the Spirit doesn't give me any connection whatsoever. And I thank them for being faithful. I just don't do what they say I ought to do. Listen to, listen to the Spirit. Does he affirm that? Um, ask 
your safe place. How does this sound to you? It is not wrong to get things into the light and in counsel. Don't just assume that because somebody said, here's what I believe the Lord is trying to tell you. Don't just assume that that's accurate. Listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. See if it connects with you. Listen to your counsel, your covering, if, if you need to, if it confuses you. But um, understand this, that sometimes you will hear something that is factual that's God saying, but it, not, it may not be your specific assignment, which is higher and better than the facts. You can, have a, you can have a bigger plan from God. Here's what I'm trying to tell you. Look, my teaching these last couple of weeks, they're not for novices. They're not for the immature. But I'm assuming that you're hungering and thirsting after the Lord and want to hear the voice of the Spirit. That's what we're all about. Simplicity and depth. One more thing. Go to Acts 14. Sometimes... The Holy Spirit reveals his plan for you through open and closed doors of opportunity. And sometimes you don't know what the Spirit's saying until a door of opportunity is either opened or closed. In chapter 14 of Acts, in verse 27, <clears throat> now, Paul and his compatriots, when they had come and gathered the church together, they reported all that God had done with them and that he, God, had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles. Boy, this that affects you and me right now. God opened the door to the Gentiles and he called Paul specifically to be the apostle to the Gentiles. Well, one more. Let's go to Colossians chapter four. We'll close with this. Colossians chapter four. And uh, we're going to look at verse three, Colossians four, three. Paul speaking to the Colossian church in verse two, he says, continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in prayer with thanksgiving, praying also for us. Pray for your spiritual leaders. What? That God would open a door to us, a door to the word to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am also in chain in chains. Well, now, sometimes the Holy Spirit, and I like the term open a door. I can understand that. What door of opportunity is the Holy Spirit opening? And sometimes the door of opportunity, the Holy Spirit closes. Learn to be perceptive to what the mind of the Spirit is when a door opens or closes. And I don't believe there's anything wrong with the prayer that I'm about to tell you about. When you believe that there's something that you need to pursue, take the, the next right step, unless the spirit restrains you or withdraws your peace. And as you're stepping, say, Lord, if I am mishearing you, I ask you to close this door. I ask you to make it very clear. Sometimes when you're approaching something that you're trying to decide to do, just say, Lord, I don't know exactly what to do, but I do know this, that you are big enough to close every door that I'm about to open that is not your highest and best. You say, Pastor, can you miss it sometimes? Of course. You're in a covenant relationship right now? Do you always clearly hear what your covenant partner is saying? You have to listen, don't you? Same thing true with the Holy Spirit. 
don't be afraid to miss it. The problem is not missing it. The problem is failing to seek to hear. The Lord will be very gracious and forgiving to you if you miss here. He can't do much for you if you don't ever listen. I'm praying that the Holy Spirit is speaking clearly to you today through his word. I thank you for your desire for the simplicity of the word of God, prayer, holy communion, and worship. It's what we're all about. That hasn't changed. You're being covered in prayer every day. You're loved. And as you know, every week since March 15th, we have had a message prepared for you, a word for you. And that's not going to stop as we walk through this. As Pastor Jeremiah prayed, this too will have an end. But what we need to do is ask the Spirit to reveal to us, what do you want me to get? Don't let me miss it, Lord. What a wonderful time uh, that we have opportunity. You may want to tell your friends, if you know somebody that could use this word, to check in uh, later on this evening for a recording of this message. Pastor Wayne is getting uh, just the message recorded, if that's what people would refer. You, you, you send it out, and God will bless it. So let's pray. Thank you for your mighty and holy word, Father. Thank you for all of these, your sons and daughters. Bear witness in us, spirit of truth. May we hear your voice clearly and desire to hear your voice in a deeper way. We praise you and thank you that you never forsake nor leave us. Bless these, God. And as I pray for them every day, God, for all of them, I pray that you will keep them. They will manifest your very joy to all of us and that you would keep us from the evil one and sanctify us in the truth. Your word is the truth. Make us one all across the world and in our body. Make us one. Give us greater revelation that the love that you put in Jesus is in us through Jesus. Give us greater revelation of that love. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen. We'll see you next time. You can access more of Steve Franklin's teachings online at www.sfmin.com.